Welcome to another episode of the Dumb and Dumbest Podcast, the music industry podcast where everything is terrible and the house is on fire. We are hosted, as always, on the amazing ghostcultmag.com. I totally lost track of my intro there for a moment. And I'm here, Matt Bacon, with my beautiful co-host, Curtis Stewart. The one and only. And our amazing guest, Monica Strutt. What's up? Amazing. So, yes. So, as some of you may recall, some of you may remember um, Monica from... Uh, previous episode and our social media interactions, but Monica, just in like 15 seconds, can you give some people some context if they ha- didn't hear the previous episode with you? Yeah, cool. Um, my name is Monica. I'm a uh, vocalist and a digital marketer, and I consult with bands on their marketing and business strategy. There we go. Thank you very much. That so, was very concise. That was good. She gets it. <laughs> she does um, point being, uh, Curtis, Monica, what were we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about social media because Monica is the uh, resident ex- expert. Um, well, the foreign expert or Australian expert. The international correspondent. The, the, that's, the right, <laughs> that's probably the right word, words I'm looking for. So she's the international uh, head of uh, marketing for metal for everyone. Does that sound right? Yeah, sure. Sorry. My video just played in the background for some reason. <laughs> Okay. Did you? So you're. Yeah, you're, sounds about right. We're referring to you as being the um, the grand pooba of marketing international for the metal community. No pressure, right? No pressure, none whatsoever. But you might. We might as well just like we're gonna throw out titles. Do like big titles, right? So, we. So first things first. Uh, which which platform do you want to talk about, Monica? Or should I put you on the spot? Uh oh. Let's talk about Instagram. Okay. Let's hear it. Let's hear, let's hear your thoughts on Instagram because I know you're supposed to, you not supposed to be, you are an Instagram expert. So I would like to hear your thoughts on Instagram. Well, I don't know if you guys know, but they're actually trialing in Australia, literally as of yesterday, they're hiding the likes on photos. Have you guys seen that? Yes, they, I heard about it. I actually wanted to ask they, you about this. Yeah. They did this in Canada for a bit. I don't think it's still going, but they did for a little while. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's really interesting because that's obviously there's a lot of people that have a lot of opinions about that. Um, I'm kind of like, I don't really care personally about that because to me, um, you know, it's kind of, it might draw, I don't know, might inspire people to make more content that requires interaction as opposed to just kind of liking, like it might raise the mm-hmm. bar in terms of content, but then again, I've heard a lot of different opinions, like it could be very political or like a business thing for Instagram. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see how it goes, I guess. So oh, this is as of yesterday, you said, or this has been like how long? Uh, yesterday okay, or the so, day before. Yeah. Okay. But you yourself can see what the likes are. It's that other people can't see it, correct? Yes. Yeah. So you can see how many likes your post has got, which I guess is good. So you can still see if people are liking it, but maybe my thoughts are that it's probably going to discourage people from liking posts because if they can't see 
that they've liked it or that other people have, they're probably just going to keep scrolling or maybe they'll just be encouraged to write a comment instead. Who knows? Okay. So, so well, my question first is, okay, so if, if, okay, so you're, you're pro this or you're anti this? I'm quite neutral at the moment. I'm kind of just <laughs> seeing how it goes. I think in, the reason why Instagram did this is because they kind of want to take a stand against bullying. I think there's probably a little bit more to it than that, but yeah, yeah I'm, I don't know. I'm just a quiet observer. Whenever things like this change on platforms, even though obviously I work with social media every day, I'm kind of just a bit like blase about it all because at the end of the day, we don't have control over what Facebook does or what Instagram does. And I think a lot of people out there like to get really angry when an algorithm changes, but that's just kind of the nature of the beast. You just kind of have to roll with it. Okay. So, okay. So if it's going to all go to interaction then, so how do you suggest people get more interaction? Cause I mean, Instagram, I mean, it's photos. So like how, how do you propose people are going to get more interaction? Yeah. Well, I guess the quality of the content needs to um, be there. So that's not only like the quality of the photo. I'm not just talking about like resolution. I'm talking about, uh, is it an interesting photo? It's not just like a bathroom selfie unless that's your thing. Um, and I think it will be kind of a lot to do with the captions as well. Like just really expressing, um, opinions and educating and inspiring and, you know, no longer are brands going to post like a nice flat lay and be like Sunday vibes. Like totally. that was so 2016. <laughs> okay. Well, let's, let's say, okay. So let's say a band has an Instagram account. And they're not like this, uh, you know, young Matt Bacon or Monica Strutt. And they're trying to get high quality pictures. Like what kind of high, high quality pictures that can these bands that are like, I don't know, mid 30s, 40s do, would you say? Yeah, I mean, everyone like has Matt an just iPhone. Matt selfies of himself, obviously. I, I don't just do, oh my, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyways all jokes aside with that but seriously like okay so like let's say a band in like their 30s 40s it's like a bunch of guys um how how do you think they could use instagram then if it's no longer likes but they got to do quality yeah i think um i think just by really trying to show your personality so everyone has a smartphone so you don't have to have a professional camera you just need to not be taking photos in a dark rehearsal room just try and get out into some sunlight just have some good lighting i think just using the daylight is just one of the simplest things you can do and absolutely that, that's something i really really back is natural lighting is like a really good way to make it look good yeah exactly it's so simple but um i don't know maybe your rehearsal room has really good lighting but generally it's disgusting so <laughs> Well, that might, that might work for like, okay, so like, let's, let's say, I'm not trying to be a, a dick or anything, but I, I'm just sincere, sincerely curious. Okay, so you guys both do not live in like the UK or anything like that, where it's barely any sunlight half the time, in my understanding. So what would you do other than just natural type lighting? Yeah, I mean, every single room that is in any building has different lighting. So sure. just be mindful of that. I mean, you can turn the, the flash on depending on what that looks like on your particular phone. Some phones looks really good. Um, I've got a Google pixel and if your band is kind of looking to step up your content, I like, I'm not <laughs> sponsored by Google, obviously, although like I wish I was, but 
if you want a phone that takes really good photos, I recommend investing in like a Google Pixel or something like that because honestly, like the camera quality on those phones is so good. So if you do for an upgrade, think of it as like a banned investment. You might even be able to claim it on your tax or something. I don't know. Yeah, my, my buddy did, my buddy who's a photographer did that and raves about his Google, his Google Pixel all the time. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> you know, so- I, I am sponsored by Google. Just for the record. Oh. No. no I'm not. You are not. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's coincidence. <laughs> um, okay, half the stuff, you got to realize half the stuff, anybody listening, half the stuff that oh Matt says God. is made up on the spot, and the other half is true. You never know which, which part is true and false. Thank you, Curtis. It's true, though. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like you can tell which parts are me fucking with you and which parts are not. No, because sometimes the things where we think you're fucking with us end up actually being true. Fair. I, I've lived a remarkable life. <laughs> but anyways, um, so back, okay, so Instagram. So, all right, so a few weeks ago when we had you on, a few weeks, months? No, yeah. weeks. Weeks, because I was in France. That's right. Okay, so a few months ago when we had you on. Weeks. Okay, so you, sorry, weeks. Um, now I just totally lost my train of thought, guys. Okay, so anyways, <laughs> a few weeks ago when we had you on, you had mentioned um about one thing about your instagram is that um you only post once every few days is that still the same thing or are you now going for higher quantity or less or what yeah well i'm kind of ramping up towards a launch of a new course so i'm definitely going to be posting more um but generally yeah i'll only post a couple of times a week um i think we can kind of yeah I feel like I can kind of get away with that now. It just depends on you personally. Um, As I think I mentioned, I will post on social media every day, but um, yeah, I much, you know, rather post when it's a, I've got something to say rather than just posting for the sake of it kind of thing. Totally. Before I, before I get into your course with you, um, do you, okay. What do you think is better for you to focus, like to focus on your band account or you personally? Because, I mean, this is a question that me and Matt actually get from a lot of bands. Would they be focusing on themselves or on the band more or both at the same time? Like, you yeah, do I both. Think, but. Yeah. Yeah, I think it needs to be both at the same time. Obviously, I'm building a business on the side. And even before that, I really did have a strong focus on my personal Instagram. I'm of the belief that when you're a musician, what we sometimes forget is, you know, especially if we're taking it more seriously, is that, all of us are on the path to becoming a public figure, kind of whether we like it or not. So there are people that, you know, they may choose to, you know, if they've got families and children, they may choose not to share that. And they may choose to have like a private Facebook. And that's of course, totally fine. But um, in that case, you may decide to make your Instagram more so about yourself as a musician. But in my opinion, you should be building your own profile parallel to your band profile. And because the thing is, you know, you can, you know, you can post all you like on your band profile, but as soon as every single band member shares that post onto their personal one, you five times the reach, like even more so because obviously personal profiles get heaps better reach than pages. So it would be kind of silly not to. And, you know, the number one question that I get from bands is how do I get more exposure? How do I get more exposure? Well, that is literally the simplest thing you can do to get more exposure is to, um, be sharing everything on your personal pages in parallel and trying to build up your personal page because as well, like 
the music industry is all about networking. So the more you can kind of use every single tool that's available and it's a free tool as well, then better. Okay. So one other question before we get into the PR thing is um, the PR course that you're doing. Did I just give that away? Oops. Um, anyways, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm you pretty sure said. I shared it. Yeah. You did share it. I was being, I was just being facetious, but anyways. Um, so next thing I wanted to ask is earlier today, and I really hope you don't mind me ask, asking this, you had showed me that how many streams you guys have been getting lately on your Spotify. So yeah. how, okay. That's quite what you shared with me is quite a bit more than a lot of bands get on their Spotify when they're new. Right. So how did you, how did you manage to get, get the Spotify's going that high? Like, I mean, you guys released a few months ago and yes, I know I'm helping with the PR campaign and everything, but I mean, that's still a lot of streams. Was there anything specific that you did to get yeah. that moving? That's really cool that you say that because even um, it, it's really, I think as an emerging band, it's really hard to gauge like, am I doing well? Am I not doing well? And <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Spotify for artists as well. It's got this like cool tool where you can kind of look up other bands um, yeah. to see like how they're going and everything. I don't recommend bands really use that and, t you know, take that with a grain of salt because comparisonitis and all of that. But um, yes, yeah, so that's really cool. Um, yeah. So I guess the strategy for that is first off, we released a number of singles before we dropped the EP and because the code for the singles, when you um, upload to digital distribution, because the code is like for that particular song is then used in the EP. Once that's dropped, it's a cumulative effect. So oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 Okay. So um, we released a single, gosh, like our first single was like eight months before we even dropped the EP, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so we already had like a few thousand streams on that particular single and then that contributed to the overall streams of the EP. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that was the case with a couple of singles. In saying that, since we released the EP, um, we have significantly gone up in streams as well and I think that that just comes down to being really really diligent with social media we um, hired a PR company here in Australia now we're working um, with you and yeah just kind of keep on we I guess we realize the power of Spotify so just every time we can't think of anything to post on Instagram stories we'll just plug Spotify and just it's so easy to share it's like the simplest thing so um, and yeah I don't know I think it's just keeping on being consistent i guess so one okay so just one last thing just on the stream part so do you are you getting like a similar amount on apple music or is it just mainly spotify um it's just mainly spotify we've really just made a conscious effort to steer everyone towards that in saying that i actually don't know the um apple music stats i'll have to go look look all that up um i'm someone who i don't like to i think numbers are a really good um measurement of you know, where you, where you're at. But, yeah. um, what I emphasize to bands is try not to focus too much on the numbers. Like don't oh, become it. Yeah. I know, I know people that are really, really obsessed. I've got <laughs> actually one of my bandmates, like he pretty much checks Spotify every single day. And I'm like, don't do that because Jeez. one day when the, when the stats are down, he's like, Oh no, like this song only got like a couple of hundred streams today. Um, but yeah, I definitely need to look that up actually. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so last, so I think the actual last question on Spotify or sorry for streaming now is um, 
So where do you, okay. So for Instagram, do you just keep that, the Spotify link in your profile then? You don't use Bandcamp? Is that what you're saying? Um, kind of switch it up at the moment. I think okay. we've got a YouTube video in our Instagram bio, but um, for Instagram, out. yeah, we'll share it in Instagram stories. Do you not like YouTube links in the Instagram bio? I think I think they're, I think good. they're good because a lot of, I think, more people stream overall on YouTube than anywhere else other than Spotify. So the thing for I me, I think when you have a link in your bio is you need to have it be clear about what you're going to. Like if it's a band camp, exactly. everyone knows what it's for. Right. But yeah. if it's like a tiny URL or a YouTube, like I want to know what that YouTube link is to before I click on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause it you could do be it. Like, you do have a band camp link right now, Monica. Oh yeah. That's cause I did your challenge. <laughs> oh, we grubbed off on you. Good. I've paid attention. I did my homework. <laughs> this is good. Okay. So, okay. So I'm done with streaming unless Matt had another question on that. Um, have you been targeting playlists at all? Good question. Um, yeah. Well, we apply, we definitely applied for playlists with each single. Um, we haven't got on any editorial just yet, but we got added to um, Heidi Shepard's playlist um, from the Butcher Babies. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so that was rad because um, they're a massive influence. They're pretty much, well, she pretty much is the reason why I started learning how to scream. Um, yeah, so that's that. But um, I think a lot of the plays have just come from the algorithmic and um, just encouraging people to add us to their playlist. We did a pre-save campaign as well for a couple of singles. Awesome. So, yeah. Now, for those who, aren't, those who don't know, what is a pre-save campaign? Um, it's essentially where you get people to pre-save your unreleased song to their library before it goes out. So it essentially means that as soon as it is released on that day, it automatically gets shot out to whoever's pre-saved it and it just maximizes the chances of getting streams and also people adding your band to their library is really beneficial and advantageous when it comes to the editorial playlist selection as well. Okay, I, I had a question too, actually, just, just in regards to this as well. So um, with since you're mainly pushing Spotify and you said you aren't pushing Bandcamp quite, quite as much, um, how, do you, how did you build your mailing list or is that just your personal one that you have? You don't have one for the band? I don't have a mailing list for the band. Yeah, I just have a personal one. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah. Are you collecting addresses through Bandcamp or, or not? No, not at this stage. Um, we've just really, really been focusing on the socials and that sort of thing. But I mean, to be honest, I wasn't really sure about Bandcamp and who was kind of still using it. And then I was like really pleased to find out that people are still using Bandcamp and it's very active. Um, so yeah, I definitely want to want to do that eventually, but at the moment we don't have a list. Cool. Okay. Um, and now let's talk about your new course. Can you tell us a little bit about your upcoming, your, sorry, your upcoming course? Yeah. So I've got a release date. Um, the, oh. it's, it's a PR course and um, it's going to be launching on Wednesday, which I'm not this sure Wednesday? what time. Yeah, this Wednesday. Holy shit. I got to get through that quick then. Cause I, I thought I had a, like a week or so to get through, to look through it. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so it's basically like a, a course to DIY your PR campaign. So it's mainly aimed at new bands who aren't ready to hire a PR company either for financial reasons or maybe um, they haven't been getting tra enough traction on their own in order to be kind of accepted by a PR company because um, 
you know, what I've heard from a couple of um, PR companies here in Australia is that it's really hard sometimes to get press for bands that aren't already, that don't already have a story um, going for them or haven't already been making headway on their own. Totally. And I really think um, it's beneficial for, for new bands to do their own PR campaign, even just if it's for their first single that they release, because totally. it's, it's a lot of effort to do, as you know, <laughs> as you guys both know. Um, so just for a band to see what that is like and to start forming relationships with media on their own and to see just the amount of work that goes into it, um, I think is actually a really good idea because sometimes with PR companies, um, a lot of bands are like, but what are you actually doing? And if you're running your own PR campaign, it's like quite clear that <laughs> these things take time. So yeah, yeah, it's just a step-by-step course. We go through um, the planning, goal setting, how to find contacts, then actually the nitty gritty of how to actually build a press release and then sending that out and following up. And um, there's also a little social media module of how to support the PR campaign with social media because it's me and I thought that was important. So I threw that in there. Sweet. Um, okay, so you you wrote this all yourself or you had assistance from somebody or? No, I wrote it all myself just based off um, my experiences working in media and working with a couple of professional PR companies now. What media are you are you experienced in, Monica? I'm trying to plug you up here. Oh, um, yeah. so I've been working for Heavy Magazine for, gosh, years before they were called something else, um, but they've been... A a major Australian magazine, I want to point out. It is, yeah. So um, they're probably Australia's biggest heavy music magazine. And um, yeah, I was their um, social media... Well, I was writing as a journalist for about seven years. That's when they were called something else as well. And then I was managing their social media and became an interviewer for the past three or so years. Yeah. So she knows what she's talking about, in other words, for sure. Okay, so I'm just trying to make, I'm just trying to plug you up here for anybody that doesn't oh, know cheers. who you are. Um, okay, so now, how, okay, so what's the price? And, uh, and it's dropping on Wednesday, right? Yeah, so I got really excited and I have $100 off for the first week of, it, of its launch. Whoa. So it's, yeah, it's two seventy five um, for the first week, and then it jumps up to three seventy five. So, um, I would definitely, definitely recommend because you know you can PR companies. Um, you know they. Well, I charge three ninety five a month. Put it that, or sorry, four ninety five a month USD. So basically, yeah. you're you're getting for one month. So basically, if you if you go with Monica's course just to try it, even if you're just trying it out for two seventy five, you're saving money. Yeah, and this is Australian as well, so I don't know how much that is in American. It's, it's, it's weaker. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. the same as Canadian, but American, it's a little slightly weaker. So basically, for like 230 US dollars, you get a course in PR. Yeah, exactly. So, and I'm pretty upfront on the sales page. Like, there's obviously advantages and disadvantages to going with a PR company and then doing it yourself, but. Um, just as long as you don't, don't say anything mean about me, it's just don't say anything mean about me. I would never. Good. <laughs> Yeah, Curtis is like me. He's fragile. Well, no, it's because, okay, today on, we had an earlier podcast with Angry Metal Guy, and him and Angry Metal Guy tried to say I was just okay as a PR. <laughs> <laughs> on my fucking podcast, or on our fucking podcast, the two of them decided to tease me about how I'm just okay. 
Anyways, I love that. It's I would like, like to point out that was in the middle of a of a of a, of a um helping sell your product. So yeah. you know you can you can you can simmer down there. Well, I'm just I'm just trying to point out I'm good. Regardless, regardless. but anyways, Monica's product is probably great because I've looked at it. I have not gone through the whole thing yet, but for what for what I've seen so far, it looks amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really proud of it actually. So um, okay, so what? So other than just learning how to write a press press sorry a press kit, you actually take them through the steps on how to build up a list and contact journalists, correct? Yeah, that's right. So um, you know, managing the social media of heavy, I would I've seen a lot of press releases as well come through the inbox, and I've also seen a lot of messages come through the Facebook inbox, and there is definitely a lot of confusion in terms of when you contact media for your release, how you contact media, um, what you need to say, what you need to ask for. So um, yeah, just explaining all of those things because the biggest thing that I've come across is that bands are trying to get press for a release well after the fact. So um, okay. so, so back um, up one second here, because this is an important point. Uh, Angry Metal Guy said this too. So when exactly should someone be looking to get press on their album months before it's released especially if it's an album okay so now since you work at a major magazine can you like clearly spell out to listeners why that is so first up media and magazines and radio they're really busy so your email might not even be seen for a week or even more possibly after you actually send it. So there needs to be a buffer of time for your email to actually be read. Now that's obviously not intentional. There's not media just sitting back smoking cigars being like, ha ha, let's not answer this band's email. It's that feels literally- like a personal attack. I Monica's stepping on Matt's toes today. Holy. Oh, okay. Some of us- I, said, okay. I said they're not doing that. Okay. But okay. Matt does that. I, I am, yes. You resemble yeah, that. But, but you can do that, but you're not intentionally not answering emails. Being Thank like you. I don't know about that. I will left say, me, uh, last you've weekend... You've left me on red more than once. Sorry, I, what was that? I said he's left me on, on red message, but not responded more than once. <laughs> I, I'd like to point out, and I, I will admit, last weekend, when I was smoking a cigar at my uncle's house, I definitely told someone, not right now, I'm smoking. <laughs> but regardless let's, let's, get, let's get back onto the topic Mont, circling back Monica. yeah so so tell us please why uh, you were t- explaining to us why people should should start pitching early so yeah so allow the time for the email to be read you may need to follow up a couple of times um you know media receive hundreds of emails if not more a week so um that's one thing then you need to allow time for them to actually review what you're releasing. And that can take a number of weeks as well, because often reviews are done by volunteers and they need to you know, fit it into their schedules and then it needs time for editing. And then media also need the jump on the actual release. So you, ideally you want your reviews to come out, start coming out maybe two weeks or so before the actual release date. Um, that kind of builds on hype. And especially if you're running like a pre-order campaign or a pre-save campaign, that's all going to work really nicely together because you'll have the review and then you'll have the links to pre-order. And it's kind of all building towards this pinnacle, which is the release. Whereas 
I was thinking about this last night. A lot of bands drop their album as like their first, expo- like their first exposure where um, you need to be like building up to the album drop, not have that as like the beginning of everything. Totally. So how, so how should a band, okay. Cause before you were talking about how you didn't really care for a band camp at first. So how should the pre-order be set up just like as a pre-save on Spotify or you mean like big cartel or, or what? Um, yeah. I mean, there's so many different ways that you can do it. Um, my band used um, like a pre-order software. I think we used um, it's like tone.io or something like that. Yeah. That's um, a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really, really cool. And that kind of, it's basically a landing page where you can send everyone to, this is for digital pre-orders, by the way. Um, I'm not sure if they do physical. We only did digital. So I'll definitely have to look into (laughs) whether they do physical as well. But, um, and that basically like gives people a really beautiful landing page that looks very aesthetically pleasing. Um, And then you can put all the links to Spotify and Bandcamp and iTunes or like Apple music and YouTube and anywhere where they can like quote unquote, like pre-order or like pre-save it. So that's, that's one thing that you can do for like the physical. Yeah. You could, you could do it another way. Okay. So, and then when, when, how early do you recommend starting a pre-order out of curiosity? Um, maybe a month. Month. Okay. No. Okay. Um, okay. Now, could you, Not more. With, okay. Could you get away with doing it like a week ahead or do you think that's going to be too soon or too early or too late rather? I mean, yeah, I mean, I think, I think for like a single or something like that, if you're doing like a digital release only and it's a single and you just want to run like a pre-save campaign, mm-hmm. maybe a week, I would still try and stretch that out to two weeks if you can, but cool. it's definitely advantageous to do some sort of pre-save. If you've kind of left it to, to the last minute and you've only got a week, then yeah, still do it. But yeah. Totally. Okay. Now, next question I wanted to ask you about, cause you guys did how many singles in advance of your EP? Uh, we did four out of five songs. Not all of them had videos. Some were just audio releases. That's still awesome. Because oh, wow. you're, yeah, you're still a... taking advantage of every piece of content. Totally. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, yeah. So, here, so here's my question, though, is, okay, one thing a lot of bands will ask me is about getting reviews of singles. And I've found it to be like pulling fucking teeth to get reviews of singles. Have you had mm-hmm. the same problem? And if not, how did you handle it? Yeah, Heavy don't review singles, so we simply just don't have the resources to be able to have bands review singles. Um, We wait until they do an EP or an album. Okay, so, but but for your camp, for what you're talking about for doing a band campaign, so you're saying release the singles, just release them, not try to get press on, but maybe do a press release or something, and then you you shoot the EP out for, to get the reviews, correct? That's right, yeah. Okay, cool. So now, what kind of expectations should a band have when they release a single when they're new? Like, should they be expect? Well, let, let me ask you, how did you guys do it first? When you yeah, first so, released your singles? Yeah, so our very first single was when we launched the band. So we yep. didn't even launch the band until we had music, which is definitely something I would recommend as well. Um, okay. we, we launched the single, we did a teaser, then we invited everyone to our Facebook page and it kind of, the, the song already started generating hype because it was, everyone, the, the teaser was everyone's introduction to the band. Yeah. Um, then we um, did a premiere. Um, I was lucky enough um, to convince Heavy Magazine to do a premiere for us. So we actually had 
them do the video premiere, but a few days before we had another radio station do a radio premiere. So really just milking this single for all it was worth. And then we dropped the, the single itself. And then of course all the press releases went out and there was news on that and interviews and yeah. Okay. So now how would you milk a single for all of its worth? I know how I do it. I want to hear how you do it. Yeah. I think just that like, um, teasers, um, radio premiere, video premiere, make sure you're doing a single release show. Um, you can do a behind the scenes to the video that you, that you've dropped as well. Um, just, I don't know, creating as much content as you can around it, like putting, cutting that up, cutting the video up. You can use that on Instagram multiple times. Yeah. It's just funny because most bands can't even think of one thing to do with their content, but you mean you just gave like 10 things just in a row right there, right? Yeah. The thing about playing a release show as well, and this is something I mentioned in the course, is you play a release show not only because it kind of like gives more weighting to the single, but you've already got press for the actual recording. And if you do a release show, that means you've got press and like photos for the actual show as well. And that just kind of builds upon it. 100%. Okay, so now, okay, so now let's say that a band follows kind of like what you're saying is they release a bunch of singles in advance, videos, they do audio premieres, radio premieres, the whole nine yards. Okay, so when in the midst of all of this, should they start sending the EP or album out to reviewers if they're doing it on their own, assuming they're not hiring a press company or a PR company rather? Yeah, I would say a good um, two months, a good eight weeks. Okay, so now and I'm hoping I'm not trying to lead you into giving anything away out of your course. I'm not intending to. Um, he okay, is. So, no, I'm actually <laughs> not. I'm, 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 I'm first, guys. <laughs> um, okay, so now when, you're, when you send the album out for review, how should you do it as a solo band? Do you recommend sending out CDs or do you recommend just sending it as a Google Drive link? Or how do you Yeah, do just digital. Digital? Okay, like what? Which form though? Like Band Bandcamp, Stream, Google Drive. Um. Dropbox. Yeah, I think like Google Drive or Dropbox. Okay. Um. Yeah, somewhere where they can, because you can easily stream from those platforms as well if they don't want to actually download it. But then they've got the option to download. So cool. yeah, and then it makes it easier for them to share with their reviewers as well. Perfect. I want to point out that Monica basically just said the exact same thing that Angry Metal Guy did too. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're planning on doing your PR yourself maybe take the hint take the hint because angry metal guy is one of the biggest blogs in the world and monica writes for like one of the biggest magazine in australia well metal magazine at least straight so pay attention people okay Um, now we're we're running low on time so monica um just give us like sort of the key bullet point the key takeaways for someone who might who would why someone to spend 275 uh australian dollars on your course and like Uh, other than the fact you're awesome other than the fact you're awesome (laughs) Well, other than that obvious fact, (laughs) I'm kidding. Um, I think the main difference between a local garage band or like a band that's just playing on the pub around the corner and a professional band that's starting to generate hype, get industry interest, get those support slots. I think the difference is media. You can have two bands side by side that both have amazing music, um, that both have a good image or whatever, that both are kind of engaged with their audience. But the difference would be one's getting support from the industry and one isn't, and that automatically elevates your credibility. And that's a band that's going to start gaining more traction and momentum. And that's something you're going to teach people how to achieve. 
Exactly. There we go. All for a low, low price of 275 uh, Australian dollars. Almost Australian dollars. US dollars. Australian. Which, one second. I'm just going to. Which is basically uh, the same no. price in Canada. It's 193 US. So it's like less than half the price of hiring Curtis. So for whatever it's worth. You can still hire me and buy her course, I want to point out. Yes, you can do both. And they'll probably come up both. with some fun package deal if you ask them. If, if you buy Monica's course right. and you want to get PR with me, I'll give you 30% off if you buy it this week. And yeah. I, yeah. I got to accept you. If you're a crap band, I am not taking you. But 30% off, if you say you bought Monica's course and you can prove it to me or she can prove it, or not she can, or she tells me, I will give you 30% off one month PR. There you go. That's Boom. amazing. That is so good. This has been Matt for that because Matt just thought of it. So it's yeah, you need to be uh, damn straight. This I need to be angry. Okay, this is the dumb and dumbest. You have been listening. Are we done yet? Early.